everybody light up your cigarettes if you got them because this joint is going to be hot talking about a radio powerful transmission but no submission 4-4 down the freeway daddy-o top down Hey guys, 7.57 p.m., 5.23.2016, it is Opal City Radio Time. My name is Mike Sanders, and with me is Detective Emily. Hey guys, what's up? Detective Emily, I've I've got something very disturbing that I think you should know about. What What is this, Detective Mike? Actually, first of all, it's it's Lieutenant Mike. Thanks very well, much. I'm, and honestly, I'm in charge it should of be detectives. Detective Halligan? Um, no, it's Detective Emily, because we're, look, I'm a loose cannon, Emily, everybody (laughs) You don't play, but I'm a good cop. That's right, exactly. I'm a desperate man with nothing left to lose. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, but we found something floating in the harbor, and you ain't never gonna believe what it is. I've been 20 years on the force, and I ain't never seen anything like this. That's right, because, ladies and gentlemen, what we have found is a torso. We are in in our midst of crime month. Mm -hmm. With the heat comes the crime, and with the crime comes, of course, a very unique comic, one that I've never read before. I wasn't even aware of its existence until Emily told me to read it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Torso. Yes, we are diving into true crime. That's right. With this comic. It's a cold case. Yeah. Cold. It is certainly. Unsolved case at that. Let, for those of you who may be unfamiliar with uh, this particular story in it, and its genesis, I suppose, in uh, the Great Depression <laughs> in Cleveland, uh, Elliot Ness, that's right, the, that, that, that Elliot, Elliot Ness, Ness, the guy who was, is untouchables, mm-hmm. um, he was assigned as public safety director in Cleveland. <laughs> now, Cleveland was in a pretty sorry state, I guess, much like every large like city in the else, Depression. Yes. Um, this, yeah, the whole thing, is, basically, is in the late 1930s, there was a serial killer yes. running around Cleveland. Uh, if you judge by the name of the book, which is called Torso, yeah, that's generally what was found of his victims. Um, it was never solved. They never made any arrests. Um, it's Like I said, it's a cold case. It's still open. Yeah. This is a kind of, I guess, an unknown or maybe not a closely examined chapter in Elliot Ness's life and his professional career. Because, uh-huh. again, everyone thinks the untouchables and Al Capone. Yeah. It's like, no, he, he had a career after Al Capone. He did. He did indeed. It's just, unfortunately, this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was done by Brian Michael Bendis. Yes. And, um, um, it was done very early in his career, yeah, actually. See, this is, okay. It's Brian Michael Bendis and Mark, um, Andreco. Yeah. Now I associate Bendis with Marvel. 
so much and so closely that I forgot that he got his start doing crime comics. <laughs> um, he only started with Marvel back in 2000 with Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. So before that, yeah, he was doing uh, the indie circuit. Um, you know, I forgot even that he he was a cartoonist. He did the art for this book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did all the indie stuff. He did noir comics. So like you have Torso, uh, AKA, AKA Goldfish and Jinx are uh-huh. like his trifecta of like crime comics that he did. Yeah. And I did like, I totally forgot about that. I was like, Oh, that's right. Before you did all your superheroes, you wrote about horrible murders. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, indeed. So what's cool is this particular comic is based on, on a, a real investigation like these events actually took place yeah it's i mean obviously it's parts of it are fictionalized yes. like, like you do yeah. um but yeah bendis is a cleveland native and you know this Jeez, is i'm glad he survived you know it's... this is you know from what i've read um because i'm not gonna lie this sent me on like a weekend long like wiki dive yeah um <laughs> <laughs> which is a, you and me both with some really interesting places um, but it's like this huge part of like apparently of like Cleveland city lore of yeah. the torso murders because again like we said like this never got solved. Um, the comic itself it concerned mostly again you have Elliot Ness, mm-hmm. you have your lead detectives, and it's pretty much like how this case impacts their lives. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, because yeah, it, it's easy to forget. You know, I mean, this is like the mid '30s, late '30s. The word "serial killer" hasn't even been coined yet. The guys that is they, true. You know, they don't have a word for it. It's like, oh, we're dealing with mass murder. Yeah, they don't have a specific word for what this dude is doing. Right. Well, I mean, when you consider back in the day, you know, I mean, psychology was still kind of like learning what it, it was all about. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I mean. One of the most telling things is that, like, almost instantly, they're like, oh, the guy's some kind of pervert. Yeah. He's some kind of, like, you know, like sex criminal, you know, because that's the worst that they could think yeah. of. And it turns out to be even worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, gosh. Okay, let's just let's just dive into it. Sure, See what let's we dive do. into we did Torso. Week. Let's yes. just dive. Hard-hitting, hard-hitting journalism. Okay, so we can't really talk about the comic without, like, talking about, like, the actual murder. So this is going to be an interesting podcast, I think. Yeah, it is, because we're going to be maybe dipping back and forth between what actually happened and what is portrayed in the comic. Yeah. So, like we said, um, you have Elliot Ness, who has moved to Cleveland, and he is he's appointed the public safety director. So he has the authority over the police, ancillary services, um, all of that. You know, he's trying to still make a good name for himself, because like we said, this is after Al Capone. Yep. Um. And he is getting shit for like, yeah, but you got him on tax evasion. <laughs> well, when Al Capone was a slippery fish. You know, not actually like the whole prohibition stuff. Um, so he's still trying to build like his political career. Right. When this gets dumped in, in his lap. And what yeah. is that kids find a body on, mm-hmm. you know, the, the beach. And yeah. it's like, well, I mean... The murders are really gruesome. I mean, like I said, yeah. there's people are decapitated. They have no arms, no legs. Like I said, they're finding torsos. Can't identify people because there's no yeah. DNA. 
That's true. This isn't an episode of, of CSI here. You know, yeah, there's they got, you know, no dental records, no fingerprints. Um, I'll say that in real life, most of the victims were never identified. Yeah. Which is astounding to me. Well, I mean, honestly, until they start finding the fucking heads. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it is difficult because, you know, when you have no sort of like you can't go on blood work. <laughs> the only thing you have is someone's literally like dismembered and decapitated torso. Yeah. There's not a whole lot. I mean, even if you showed somebody a picture of it, it would be like, well, do you know this torso? Have you seen it? No. No, I haven't either. Don't show me that creepy picture, Mr. Ness. Well, what about this one? This is a different No, Mr. Ness, please put it away. (laughs) Um, So he wasn't, and even in the comic, he's not really like directly involved in the case i mean well i mean he's a he's a safety director he's basically like a like an elected official yeah so i mean it does like i said does get dumped on his lap and he is feeling pressure from you know like the mayor who's like hey we have a republican national you know convention coming up you need to solve this shit before all these people come into town he's like well yeah, guess I'm gonna have to pull on my torso murder pants you know what are you gonna do um yeah so you have him and he's working with, um, in the comic, two lead detectives are Peter Marlowe. Who was a real Who guy. was an actual, he was the lead detective. And side note, um, all of the files related to this murder have been lost, destroyed, or, um, God, they're like misplaced. Like they have no, none of the original files for this murder. Yeah. Well, I mean. is astounding to me. Well, public bureaucracy being what it is, you know, I'm sure that after this kind of like blew over and it started to disappear from the public eye, yeah. somebody probably said, throw the shit out, probably. like get it out of yeah. here. Um, yeah, lost, destroyed or removed. But what they do have now, or I guess what we have now, it's all from Merlo's daughter because he kept all of his files. Well, I mean, I'm sure. On everything that... and like it's yeah. it, mountains, mountains of this. And this is how people know like, oh, this is what was really happening. Um, but yeah, in the comic, it's Merlot and uh, Sam Simon. Right. Um, I love Simon and I, his fate. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's super sad what happens to Simon. Now, he is a fictional guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not actually. He was just added for flavor. Yeah, he was added for really, really good flavor. Um, yeah, that's true. The other, let's see. Because I have it written down. Anyway, doesn't matter. When I find it, I'll say it. Um, okay. so, so these are the two lead detectives who are on the case. Of, right. And, you know, like all these horrible murders. I mean, it's. 12 bodies are found yeah. over the space of, I think it's four years. Yeah. I mean, again, you're a cop in like 1937, Ohio. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is stuff that you don't really, even today, this would be gruesome. Yeah. I mean, this is really fucking gruesome. Um, yeah. You know, you have coroner who doesn't know what to tell you other than like, Hey, who's ever doing this? They know what they're doing. Yeah, eh? yeah, pretty much. Eh? Um, you know, you got nothing to go on. These are, you know, the people that they do identify. They're all from like the lower, like the lowest of the lowest rungs of society. Indeed, um, indeed. Because Cleveland at this point, they have like a shanty town. Yes, that's. I mean, just sprawled because everybody came here from the depression. They're like, oh well, word got out there was like working Cleveland. 
Yeah, and so people just showed but, up. You know, it's and... like there might have been, but yeah, so obviously not enough for people who actually live in Cleveland and people coming right. from all over the United States. Right, exactly. So, I mean, unfortunate easy pickings. Indeed, pick of the litter as far as victims were concerned. I, I guess. Um, like I said, what I really like about this comic is, okay, so we, d- we get not only like these grisly murders, but yeah. like I said, we get like the whole impact that it has on everyone's lives. Um, yeah, absolutely. One of the visual things that I really liked, and they did this with like two different spreads. There's a part where Ness is at a like a fancy party. Yeah. You know, he's mm-hmm. with his wife. Right. And, you know, they're mingling and stuff. And he gets cornered by, I believe it's the mayor. And yeah. it goes from, like, you know, your regular panel setup of them talking mm-hmm. right. to over two pages, that whole conversation, it starts to spiral. Yes, I did love it's that, too. It completely yeah. spirals out of control because it goes from just like, you know, hey, Elliot, you know, how's the wife? How do you like your position? Oh, isn't it? You're you're so about these torso and then murders. And about yeah. the murders, you know, you're going to crack that, aren't you? And then it just overwhelms. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. I'm like, oh, that's such a great visual. Yeah, for just it absolutely how out is. of control it is and how out of control Elliot Ness is. Yes. I mean, cause he has, I mean, he has zero control over this. He can't say like, right. Exactly. When the dude's going to strike or if he's going to leave evidence or, you know, well, I mean, that's the thing. And he's not really like, he's not like a police commissioner. Yeah. He's basically just involved with like public services. <laughs> and you know, the mayor is essentially like, Oh, well, you know, you're, you were one of the untouchables. You could probably take care of this. Right. Real quick. Like, and he's like, you know, this is completely different than fighting gangsters. Yeah. You know, and, and it's true. Busting up like, you know, illegal booze rings. Like, <laughs> um, the comic is in black and white. Yes. And one of my favorite things that they do is in the chapter breaks, <laughs> They start with like large grain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it slowly kind of resolves itself into an image over three or four panels. Yeah, it's a very um cinematic looking. Yes. It's very, very noir. It's very, very stark black and white. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um they do he, Bendis does like a lot of like collage stuff. Where Yes, he does. He intersperses the actual pictures yeah, get, from the era. Yeah, you'll get actual pictures and then like with the drawing on top of it. It's yeah. just really cool. Um like I said, like with the spiral thing, that was really great. Um or they'll do um where it'll be like repeated repeated panels. Yeah. To just like build up that tension and draw out, you know, your scene, you get like really sometimes really chaotic dialogue yeah that is you know, true so i don't it's a really good looking book it, it is really is and, it absolutely and is. even for like how how grisly and gruesome the subject is the book itself doesn't like the illustrations like they don't get i don't know there's like nothing gross yeah, I mean, well, it's not, like, super crazy specific. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... I maybe mean, it helps you, that it's all black and white. Yeah, I think that helps a little bit. Um, But also, it's just, like, it really does kind of portray it in a very, like, you know, noirish yeah, sort of way. I mean, because, like, you, you, know? you never see the actual crimes. Um, right. You know, it's always the aftermath. Um, God, they do some, like, really cool, like, 
I guess like almost like scene fades. Yeah. Between like I'm thinking of like the one guy that I think Simon picks up and it's like it's his face and then it starts going sideways and then it's his head floating in the river. Yes, yeah, they do I mean, some like, really stuff like cool that. stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just it's very cinematic. Yeah, again, like they had yeah. very much this like cinematic like if if this is a movie but we have to make it a comic book what what would it look like? Right. I mean, there's a lot of it it flows really nicely. <laughs> you know, uh from from panel to panel and it's very natural the way that it, you know, even the parts that are like, you know, spiraled. <laughs> You know, it's very natural. Your eye just kind of follows along. Yeah, it just it goes along on this twisted path. Yes. Uh, uh, I love it so much. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the detectives for a second. Sure. Because, sure. man, we're just going to talk about these murders for like an hour. We need to talk about the characters well, for a second. <laughs> yeah, we probably do. <laughs> so we have um, Peter uh, Merlo. Yeah. Martin Zalewski was the other actual detective. Right. Who was on the case. But yeah, in the book, it's Sam Simon. Now, you know, their partners, Sam's kind of like a younger dude. You yeah. get the impression. Um, yeah. You know, he's over at the Merlot's for dinner. because like Peter's wife always invites him. Yeah. You know, because where else is he going to get a hot meal? Right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> poor lost lamb. And it's pretty evident, even like right from the beginning, that something about the case doesn't sit right with Simon. Yeah. Um, the case doesn't sit right with him. The way everyone talks about the case never sits right with him. Because like we said, you know, they're th- throwing around the guys like he's a pervert. He's insane. Yeah. You know, because he's he's killing men. He's killing women. Um, the men are being emasculated. Yes. You know, which is like, well, you know, he's obviously some, you know. Right, he's he's a sex fiend, obviously. Obviously, yeah. this is what's going on. And, you know, he just, you know, it's Simon, he's, you know, he just, he's distancing himself, you know, more and more and more until finally right. Marlo confronts him. And he's like, dude, what the hell? Yes, he says, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1930s. And he's like, bro, bro. bro. What the hell, bro? <laughs> exactly. But he's like, you know, hey, what's going on with you? Like, what is it about this case? And... Honestly, this is like two of my favorite pages. Like, I love this yeah. whole scene. Of, and Simon's just like, you know, it's the way that you're talking about this guy. You know, he's he's insane. He's a Nelly. He's a Nancy. He's a fairy, you know. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, the dude's obviously fucking insane if he's chopping people up. And he's like, yeah, but what you're saying is that he's homosexual. And does that make him, ins- you know, he's not insane, like, being gay doesn't make him insane. Right. And then he's like, well, dude, it's like 1937, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, totally it totally does. Being a Nancy. Yeah. It totally does. You know, which Simon's like, yeah, dude, I'm gay. Does that make me insane? He's like, wait, no? <laughs> Tr- trick question? I don't... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it, it's the 30s, you know, and obviously... You know, he's taken aback by this, yes. you know, quite a bit. But I, I just, I really love that because, you know, Merlot does, again, he, he overcomes that, you know, overcomes that. And he's like, okay, well, I guess you have a point, you know. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I'm glad we talked about this, you know, okay, let's, let's fucking solve this case. 
Right. But, you know, I really like that, that we had like that great, this good, like really great, like bonding yeah. scene between our, our two, two detectives. Yeah, it was, it definitely, it made, it ends, it, like it adds a lot of, of drama to what happens later. It, it does. Um, and we do find out that Simon knew two of the victims. You right. know, he's like, yeah, I knew victims one and four. And he's like, but like, he can't go to the, po- what is he going to be like? Yeah, I picked up like one and four because they were male prostitutes. Like you can't. Right. You know? I mean, in the thirties, you couldn't just do that. No, you know? no I mean, not at all. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know, I, there's nothing I could have said that would have helped the case anyway. Right. So womp womp. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Oh, poor Simon. Yes, indeed. Now, you guys are probably going to start sussing out what happens to poor Simon. Yeah, yeah, you guys are pretty sharp on the uptake there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as as this case drags out and it drags on, um, you know, Ness, he's, he, you know, they're hitting all these br- all these walls, brick walls everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, bodies keep piling up. Two bodies are left within view of Elliot Ness's office. Yes, and that is actually like that's historically. Yeah, correct. that actually happened. Um, he's also just, he's also getting postcards. Yeah, which, like weird, inconsistent, scrabbling yeah, writing. Which yeah, may or may not have actually happened, but yeah, he's getting all these postcards. Like at the party. You know, he goes to get his wife's coat and there's a postcard in the pocket yeah. of her coat. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It becomes very real yeah. for him at that Super point. Yeah. real at that point. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, I said, you know, we've got all this. You know, they're only identifying like two of the bodies at this point. You know, they got their crazy like death masks of victims and yes. nobody's saying anything. Um. So he hits on the idea of, well, if I can't stop him, then maybe I can just deprive him of his victims. Him of victims, right. And this is something so. that Elliot Ness actually did, is they burned down Shantytown. Yeah, I mean, like, this is like old school police shit where they, they take everyone out of Shantytown, mm-hmm. like, by force. Yep. You know, and then bulldoze and burn the entire section down they, yep <laughs> now i mean what i love is the instant riff that this creates like from nest to like everyone else basically yeah, this is well this is what sparks actually that whole conversation with simon and merlot because yeah, it exactly. doesn't sit right with merlot and he's like you know these people like they're do- they're not doing anything wrong he yeah. took away the one th- i mean these are people with n- literally nothing Right, and it's like exactly. took away the one thing that made them that made them human. Right. Like you can't you don't do that to people. You don't treat people like that. Um yeah, you don't round up everyone and then burn down where they live. Right. Like and side note, this is a also a point of contention when Ness tries to run for mayor. Yeah, yeah, like you kinda imagine it would be. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, so that's that. Well, spoiler, that doesn't really help. No. Because, you know, he's still killing dudes. <clears throat> he's still finding people to remove all their limbs from their toes. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, so I got that. 
Um, you know, they got their the old coroner. He winds up retiring. Yeah, he retires in the middle of the investigation because he's like, listen, I'm about to, like, bounce out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be my last case. Nope. I don't want to deal with this. And they literally hand him, like, just another guy who actually turns out to be pretty pretty insightful. Now, fun fact about the new coroner. Yeah. That comes onto the case. Um, uh, Samuel Gerber. Mm-hmm. He was later involved with the Sam Shepard trial. Now, Sam Shepard, he was the guy, this kind of inspired The Fugitive. Ah, okay. His wife was killed in their house while he was asleep. Um, he claimed that somebody else did it, a man with, like, bushy hair. Um, yeah. I believe he was found guilty, and then the verdict was overturned. Anyway, Gerber gets involved with, like, celebrity cases like that. and. Right he kind of gets a reputation for sensational theories. Hmm. So it's like, you know, do you take what he says with a grain of salt? Because he starts liking the limelight that he first got right. from mm. these torso murders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the one who comes in and he's like, all right, looking at all of this evidence all over again, kids. Yeah, You know, again, we're looking for someone who's intelligent, who knows what they're doing. He's maybe a doctor, you know, he's maybe a butcher. This isn't just like some crazed lunatic. Yeah, I love how they how he's like, no, this guy's not like he's like all of these murders are done with such cold calculation Mm -hmm. that it's not. Like, you know, he's like, well, when you look at cases that are motivated by some sexual urge, there's normally mutilation. Yeah. yeah. He's like, there's none of that. This is like clinical work. Yeah. Like, it's like dissection, essentially. Yeah. He's like, so, again, like, you're looking for someone who's very, you know, logically minded, who's very much in control of themselves. Um, And in the book, they are now in the book. As we're kind of, I guess, getting towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, they do have an actual suspect. Yes. Um, even though. Okay. Because this is like the end. I was like, oh, well, this is like not at all like how this actually plays out. Right. And then I'm like, no, this is actually a lot closer to how it plays. I mean, it's obviously fictionalized. It's dramatized to make it even right. more, exci- you know, more theatrical. Yeah. But. They are led eventually to this man by the name of Gaylord Sundheim. Right. And I, I love the name Gaylord, by the way. That's <laughs> a plus name. Um, yeah. Who is he's a, a doctor or a medical student who was kicked out of medical school for antisocial behavior and all this and that. Yeah. Um, Ness actually personally interviews him and they have mm-hmm. like a game of cat and also cat. Yes, they do. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, the real guy, you know, where it's like, you know, I know you're the murderer, and he's like, prove yeah. it. You know? Yeah, Ness is just kind of pushing his buttons, and then he pushes the correct button. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Merlot and Simon, they find the house. Right. Before they had found um, this older homeless dude who was like, you know, hey, I was sitting at a campfire in Shantytown before Ness burns it to the fucking ground. <laughs> right. You know, and this big dude came out you know and he offered me some hooch and i took it next thing i know i'm waking up in a bathtub i'm waking up in a fucking bathtub and this dude's like getting ready to like chop chop so you know they eventually you know they find this 
big house. And it's like, okay, you know, we got to go in. We're going to do this. And, you know, they're trying to get in touch with Ness. But Ness, he's finally left the office because at this point, like, his wife has left him, which actually did happen. Yeah, that is Um, true. That's another thing that I was like, the case kind of like takes everything from Ness. Yeah, you know, it ruins his marriage. So she's out of the picture now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like, okay, so they're trying to get their backup. They don't. Simon goes ahead. Goes in alone. Goes in alone. And he gets damn head chopped off. That's kind of predictable as as it as it were. So Simon's yours. Why did you have to be so brave? Oh, Simon. So yeah, they he kills Simon. Um, you know, Merlot comes rushing in and, you know, they get the guy and um you know, it's like, oh, hey, cool. We, you know, we have our man, except that this kid is the nephew of their state senator. Yes. So his lawyer shows up and is like, yeah, my client is checking himself into a mental institution, so you can't arrest him for anything. Thanks. You know, you've made him see the error of his way. Like, he killed, like, 13 people. (laughs) He was chopping people apart, you maniac. You know, no, he's seen the error of his ways. And now he's going, you know, checking himself into an institution. And, you know, you'll understand that this is a private family matter. Right. And this leaves, like, Ness's hands are completely tied. With right. this, I mean, what do you, what do you do? He's a fucking state senator. <clears throat> you know, if he ever wants a career in anything ever again. Yep, he's gotta he's gotta let that one go. So he lets it go. And uh, in the book, it's three months later. He's announcing his bid for the um, for the mayor. Right. And you know, and people you know people are asking you know what this that and the other. And then the one guy is like, well, what about the torso murders? Yeah, and he's just like, that case is closed. That case is closed. Oh. Like, I like, too, like, earlier they did, um, where he has, like, a meeting for uh, his ancillary services, like the clubs and stuff. Yeah. I think that's another one that kind of spirals out of control because, oh, no, it's the dog pile of word balloons. Oh, right, 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 yeah. They do that, too, Mm -hmm. which I really like. Um. Where, you know, he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, we're setting up, like, you know, this, like, youth club and, you know, this, that, and the other. And people were like, there's a maniac on the streets. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you going to do about this crazed maniac? You know, and he's like, well, yeah, the cops are on the case. And, you know, I'm, you know. Well, the and the one big problem was that when he comes in, he's like, this police force is corrupt to its oh, core. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, this is Yeah, super... I'm going to fire, like, 50 to 60% of the police That's, force. I totally forgot. Yeah, because that was yep. actually, what was actually happening was, like, yes, Cleveland's police department was incredibly corrupt. He came in. He cleaned it all out. Well, of yep. course, in the process of cleaning it out, you have no cops. Right, exactly. I mean, you, you, got, you got Merlot. Yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. He, he is, but he's only one You dude. know, and you have Simon. He's a good, he's made up, but he's a good guy. Yeah. You know. He's he's not a real person, but he is a good but guy. But he is a good comic. person. So Yeah. Yeah, so Ness, you got you got nothing. Well, I mean, that's the, like the ultimate case of, you know, like he made that bed and he had to sleep in it, it's, you know. It just... It's true. Now, 
<clears throat> okay, to talk about like the actual case here for a second. Yeah. Because the end of the book does parallel what actually happened. Now, the main suspect, because, okay, the name Gaylord Sundheim, this was a code name that Elliot Ness gave to his prime suspect who right. did get away. Um, in real life, his prime suspect, we think, was uh, Dr. Francis Sweeney, who Ness, he inter- personally interviewed this dude. He took right. early polygraph tests. He failed them. Uh, the guy who did the polygraph told Ness, this is your man. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the problem was that Sweeney was a cousin to Congressman Martin Sweeney, who was Ness's political opponent. Uh-huh. And this is a dude who also, he was hounding Ness about his failure to catch the killer, which we see in the book through the mayor and the state senator. Right. Who are both on Ness's back about, like, what are you going to do about this? Um, so Dr. Sweeney, he did wind up committing himself. Uh, he died in an institution, and he did send postcards to Elliot Ness and his family. Oh, jeez. Into the 1950s. Wow. That's fucking dedication. Yeah, um, that is. That is. Well, when you are the torso killer and you get off, like, you know, that's kind of what you do. Oh, but then, yeah, the other thing, which we totally skipped over, um, a suspect was arrested. And yes. they, they do cover this in the book. Um, you have Frank Dolezal, who was arrested as a suspect by uh, yeah. Sheriff O'Donnell, who's like real. Oh, God, he's such an asshole. He's like super smug about it. And he's like, oh, you just he can't is, let yeah. someone else have the spotlight on huh, this. And he's like, no, you're just beating the shit out of an innocent dude. Yeah. I mean, they bring him in and he's, he's all kinds of fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, and he's... Ness is basically, you beat the shit out of him until he told you anything that yeah, you wanted and, you to know, hear. Yeah, you know, his confession, of course, is beaten out of him. You know, it's super inconsistent. You know, yeah. it's obvious that he was fed information. Um, You know, they busted six of this dude's ribs. Yeah. You know, and then he winds up mysteriously hung in his cell. Despite that he's a very short man and the cell, uh, you know, the ceiling was very tall. You know, and it's like, how, how did this, you know, why did you even arrest this dude? Right. And then, of course, in real life, we find out that uh, Congressman Sweeney's daughter was married to Sheriff O'Donnell's son. Oh, my God. Which I'm like, yo, that was a fucking cover up. <laughs> and that's like, right. I'm sorry. Let me put on my amateur detective hat. Well, and here, no, here. put on the put on this mask. Yeah, let me and then... release the the gas and the cap. <laughs> yes, release your gas cap the capsule. Change my hair color. Um, yeah, I'm like, dude, that was a fucking setup. Like they arrested yeah. this dude so that they could just be like, wash their hands of it and be like, no, we got him. No, we got him. Everything's safe. What about the other torsos? Though, um, yeah, well, he probably did it before. It took him a while to come to light. That's, That's all. That's all, dudes. Um, uh, yeah, that, when I was like reading that, I'm like, oh my God. Please yeah, that is that is interesting. That's yeah. super fucking corrupt. Um, another kind of big change from real life to the book, as in the book, um, it's presented that he runs for mayor three months after they kind of like their man gets away. Uh, yeah. In real life, it was 10 years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what kind of did Nesson, because spoiler, he did not get to be mayor of Cleveland. Yeah. 
is it was the ghost of the torso killer. It was well, yeah. the fact that he had burned down Shantytown. Um, he had been divorced twice at this point, and he was borderline alcoholic. Well, I mean, when when heroes fall, they you fall. Know, huh? um, and yeah. yeah, the other interesting thing that I found out about Ness, um, for as well known as he is now, like yeah. I think almost everyone knows who Elliot Ness is at this point. I mean, even if you don't know, like maybe the name, you know the Untouchables. Yeah, you know Al Capone. You know all that. When he died, no one, no one knew. There was never, there was never like any newspaper articles. You know, people didn't know he died in 1957, and he was only 54. Yeah. He was super young. Um, the Untouchables book that he was co-writing was published mm-hmm. a month later. Oh, and, and that just gave him all that notoriety, the po- posthumous yeah, notoriety. Yeah. Posthumous, you know, publicity, his celebrity, because right. um, you got the book, you got the television series. And then, of course, you know, there's a movie later on, yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, he died anonymous and like broke. Like all good legends. Yep. Yep. Christopher Columbus, <laughs> and Leonardo da Vinci, <laughs> Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness. It yeah. Skips a couple of centuries. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it just skips a little bit until, you know. I mean, what what a crazy 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 thing. I Okay, like I said, like I after reading this comic and like I read it like twice like almost in a row i was like all right no read it again you know like i said like i went on this whole bench i'm like let me try to find out some stuff about the actual case right um gosh like okay when when elizabeth short was murdered you might know her better as the black dahlia 1947 los angeles i remember yep i remember i remember them times they thought she was connected to the torso murders because of how she was killed, it was similar to how another one of the victims was killed. Right. But then they, they dismissed that, and there's a whole bunch of crazy theories with that. Um, we know that there's 12 victims. There might be upwards of 50. Yeah, that's what they were saying, I mean, is that... They're like, depending on like what theory you believe, he stopped in yeah. the 30s, or this man kept on killing until the 50s. Yeah. Because the last potential victim was found in 1950 oh my god that's so crazy yep with the first one victim zero yeah they found her in 1934 yeah and i there's the also the other theory that's like that particular person could have been responsible for killings in pennsylvania and like you know neighboring like i think as far as indiana yep because there was the railroad yeah, but, and actually, yeah, and again, in real life, Peter Merlot went like he rode the rails, um, yeah, like trying to to figure out and trying to see if you know what they could find. And obviously, they never found anything. Um, well, that is one thing that Cleveland is known for is that it's a city that things go in and out of. Is it? It is. Yeah, did not know that. Yeah, I just it's, know uh, it's a big import export city. Okay, well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, there's another theory that there were multiple killers. That this true, wasn't true. just one dude. These were multiple people doing m- multiple unconnected crimes. And I'm like, I don't know. That's a lot of people chopping dudes up. That is, uh, especially like in a consistent way as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I don't know that you I know. believe that theory. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a bunch of crazy with any cold unsolved. <laughs> yeah, it comes with a lot of like man, like so many different possibilities of what may or may yeah, not. What have may happened. have happened? What didn't happen? What actually happened? I don't know. Um, yeah. This was a really, really good book, though. It's like, seriously, like, if true crime is your jam. Yeah, you should definitely you should not pass this definitely one up. Definitely read this. I mean, if noir yeah. is your jam. And it is my jam. It is, you know. If, it's my jammy jam. If you're interested in Brian Michael Bendis without the superheroes. Yes. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> Don't you remember that Spider-Man torso thing that he wrote uh, with the crossover? Oh yeah, where Peter Parker solved grisly murders at Ultimate yes. Spider-Man, yes. <laughs> right, yeah. It was great. It turned out to be Doc Octopus. Uh, well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> well, it was either that or Torso Man. <laughs> That was just the obvious answer. Though. Yeah, I, I don't... Mm, Stampy, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Either that or maybe, I don't know, maybe Grim Reaper. He does have a large blade-like protrusion for his hand. He... It could have been Silver Samurai. It could have, yes. Just saying. <laughs> Let's compile like a, a, a cartoon lineup, or rather a comics lineup. Fuck it, we'll do a cartoon lineup. <laughs> cartoon well. lineup, yes. Yes. Oh my god. And I'm like, all those guys from Bleach, they got big swords. They could have done this. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anime did this murder. Well, anime is responsible for many evils. It's uh, all of the evils. It's true. <laughs> Man, I, I really can't say enough good stuff about this. I mean, I I love noir stuff. <laughs> it it re I was not lying to you when I told you that it was my jam. My jammy jam. Um, it's jam. It's, well, I don't like that sort of jam. I just like jams, like what I put into the into the stereo. Oh. It's a mad jam. Why don't you like regular jam? Because jam is gross, Emily. Why is it gross, though? Because it's gross. Oh, okay, well. It's cold and slimy and gross. And I don't like it on my toast. You're cold and slimy. Well, look, I am related to Ted Cruz. I, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I had to. He is cold and slimy, though, people. Seriously, no matter what way you lean politically, you have to agree with me on that fact. He's a horrible person. Yes. His own daughter ran away from him. <laughs> um, but as far, like, I mean, if you if you like unsolved anything... <laughs> You know, and, and I think mostly everybody does, you know. I, I mean, mean, I will 100% own up to being a fucking ghast. <laughs> and, I mean, being obsessed with, like, true crime stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. It's super like, fast. I mean, it does also, it gets really disturbing. It gets heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, again, like, the fact that in real life, like, almost none of these people are identified. Yeah, 70 it, years later crazy you know, yeah. 80 years later like that is insane to me um but no i do i find this stuff absolutely fascinating like i will watch documentaries on this i'll watch like suburban mom true crime like <laughs> id channel oh man that's that's the real that's shit the right there real shit but it's bad like when i've seen enough of them where i'm like no i've seen this one no i know this one no, you guys keep doing the same murder. I've seen it on like six different shows. God, come on, true crime. A different murder. God. I mean, 
you know, if, if you're expecting some sort of CSI sort of like story where they magically solve the case because of like bats or something nope. like, yeah, not going to happen in this. Book. Nope. Nope. This is a... it's got a grim, realistic ending, it's... much like crime. Itself. Yeah, it's got super. But oh, my God. So good. Like we said, like, I mean, it is interspersed with like, you know, actual personal drama absolutely yeah you get a lot of interpersonal drama and like what the stress can do to people like with ness and you see the breakdown of his marriage um yeah you see the stress that he's under you know like i said even with just like that one scene with simon and merlot you see what it does what it is doing to both of these detectives um oh it's just it, it is just great 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 book Absolutely. Can I say it, it great was, again? Great. <laughs> it was very surprising. Um, I think it fit crime uh, crime meltdown perfectly. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's uh, uh, we so far had a, had a string of wins with this particular I, one. I think I got some more wins uh, up my sleeve there, pal. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see what you're holding at the table I don't... because. I will read crime comics forever. I, mean, I can turn this into Crime City Radio. I mean, I, I have enough. Like, when I was making a list of just, I'm like, all right, crime comics that I have, crime yeah. comics that I can think of. Oh, wait, more crime comics. That, oh, no, more <laughs> crime. Dude, I mean, we could. We could turn this into, like, just crime. We could. Crime the Um, But, yeah, uh, if, if you like that kind of stuff, definitely read torso it's a fantastic read uh it's super super good and you know it's just basically one one big old trade it, it is because it was only six issues so it's not yeah. like this huge thing that you have to slog through and again like it wasn't i i think i'm gonna use like the question as like my baseline here. <laughs> because again like this wasn't so mired again even though it was true crime so i guess your mileage will probably vary given that yeah. this is something that actually happened um yeah but yeah it didn't really like weigh me down the way that question did no no by the end of question i was ready to become a masked vigilante myself like i to watch cartoons to feel better like a child <laughs> yeah question like. what i mean that was like it, real it, that, sh- that shit got real that shit got mad um, real this is just like a fantastically crafted story yeah it's, it's just, an artisanally crafted yeah, story it's, it is i would say put it like up there like sandman with the fact that i mean they balance out i think really well um like the the horror of what's happening in the city yeah with like we said like actual like interpersonal character development and drama yeah, absolutely. So that one doesn't really outweigh the other, and you don't get too mired down in one yeah, before I'd, then I'd agree with that. they kind of intersperse it with the other. So, yeah, so you don't feel like you want to kill yourself at the end of it. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, super, super great read. I, I cannot give it more stars. Yeah, I will I've already given it all the stars. Say, Torso is a comic that I kind of accidentally stumbled on. Yeah. Um, Years and years and years ago, I was looking for, I believe it was a birthday gift for my mother. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to get her a comic. And so I went to my comic shop and I'm like, all right, I want to get something for my mom. And they're like, well, what does she like? And I started rattling stuff off and I was like, well, she really likes like true crime stuff. And the guy was like, oh, have I got the perfect thing for you? So I'm like, happy birthday, mom, torso murders. 
You monster. She loved it. Look, I got her Fargo for Mother's Day one year. Like, my God. That's that's the kind of my God. kind of classy lady my mom is. I see. Well, um, I never bought my mother any comics, so. Well, my um, mom is the reason I read comics. Yeah, so, so it's, it 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 wouldn't it wouldn't help me at all. <laughs> so, um, this has been Opal City Radio. Yes. We are in the middle of a of a crime heat wave. A crime cue wave. Like, yeah, cue like sirens and like guns. Like, <laughs> 1970s like death wish sound effects. <laughs> yes. A thousand times, yes. <laughs> Who are you? Death. <laughs> um, we are going to keep reading crime comics, possibly till the end of time. We don't know when yeah, we're going to well, stop. We'll, we'll just see. stop when we feel yeah, like it. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll test the waters. Just roll with it. Do some, do some water testing. Um, I am Mike Sanders, uh, along with your co-host, Emily Halligan. Yes. We do this all the time. Um, all, literally all the time. It's true. Uh, you can... Email us at opalcityradio at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I did not see any mail in the mailbag once again. Please, guys, don't start sending us torsos, though. Or, like, torso uh, postcards. No, that'd be Because creepy. that would freak me out, and I would have to raise the ghost of Elliot Ness to deal with Yeah, you. you don't want that. Which I could do. I am a powerful necromancer. Oh. Uh, you can get in touch with us uh, at that email. Mm-hmm. Please do, because it's awesome. Uh, you can go on to Facebook. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah, how about that? You, yeah, it's super fancy. You can also even uh, go on opalcityradio.blogspot.com and look at the pretty pictures that I will post. I promise there will be no no tours of. Yeah, don't post something traumatizing. For <laughs> no, no, I, I won't. Uh, and you can even go on Twitter and and like Emily will tweet at you. I will. We can. She'll do it. Talk about crime comics. Yeah. We've talked about so many crime comics, and there are only more crime comics coming. So many, so many. Well, I have girded myself for this, this, this truly, truly noir task. I'm feeling very noir. Yes. You know, so when the weather starts getting warmer, I I feel the urge to like pull on a fedora and engage in monologues. So (laughs) you just open the blinds just a little bit, turn on your desk fan. Right, turn on my desk fan, open up whiskey, and be like, it was hotter than hell. Hotter than the hell I endured in the Pacific. <laughs> like, Wait for some leggy dame to come walk through the door. <laughs> oh, man. So awesome. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> Sweating bullets. Um, so, uh, yeah, get in touch with us uh, along those means. Yeah, Listen it. to us on the other ones. And uh, we will be back next week with more crime comics for you guys. So until then, we will see you later. Bye, guys. This has been a production of Opal City Radio, now ending its broadcast day.